0: Hey guys, we are so excited that you're here. Welcome to
1: the Not Your Quick Fix podcast.
0: I'm Kara Goss, online registered dietitian and health and fitness coach. And I'm Kylie Kaiser, online health and fitness coach, and we're your hosts. This podcast is all about improving yourself physically and mentally. And y'all, neither of those things can be improved with a quick fix.
1: We are here to be real with you about your fitness and fat loss goals, your health, your mindset, and everything in between. If you're ready to open your mind to the process that self-improvement requires, instead of always looking for the next quick
0: fix, then this is your podcast. Let's get started. What is up, you guys? Welcome back to the Not Your Quick Fix podcast. It's your girls, Kara and Kylie here with episode 72. Kylie, how are we feeling? Kylie took a last minute trip to Nashville this weekend.
1: I did. I'm feeling tired. I'm sleeping. <laughs> um, but I'm feeling good. Feeling good. I'm here. I'm yeah. ready. And uh, I'm excited to chat today. Um, yeah, I decided to surprise my best friend in Nashville this weekend. So The video was so cute. It was cute. Yeah. It, it was, was like a coming
0: home video. I <laughs> know. So like- I felt so loved. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, it was um, it's on my uh, personal Instagram if anyone wants to see it. But um, yeah, I surprised I flew in Friday night, like un- I was as unplanned and surprised her. So um, just been hanging out here for a few days. I booked a one way, so I didn't know when I was coming back. Love that. Um, Love <laughs> that for you. I didn't pack hardly anything, so I've been like borrowing my assistant coach Chelsea's clothes for like the two days. The
2: best
1: so I went to Target. i um, got a few things,
0: so um, been good. But I'm going back home tomorrow, so. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the traveling is is a lot. I'm sure you're. I'm sure you're excited to you know chill. But I mean, getting it's to see Chelsea and Katie and everybody like that's okay. awesome.
1: Yeah, it was fun to get to see my friends, and yeah. um, it's always fun to come back here. You know, I miss people here. But um, sure. I just got back from an exciting trip too.
0: Yes, Kevin and I took a little road trip up north. It was so freaking fun. We went to. Niagara Falls and the state park here in PA called Kinsua Bridge State Park Um, so it was really really fun Um, honestly the town of Niagara itself is like really run down like yeah it's It's Buffalo right it's near Buffalo yeah 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 so like it's obviously like the falls were absolutely incredible like we got there Friday night we went to dinner went and saw the falls at night and then Saturday morning we went and like saw them during the day and we did the maid of the mist boat tour so like it was so insane honestly probably one of like the coolest experiences I've ever had like going out on the boat and just like being right in front of the falls and then like we didn't think that we were allowed to go over to the Canadian side but I guess because it's on water like it really doesn't matter so the boat took us inside of like the actual horseshoe falls like we were getting super close to it and Kevin's like oh, we'll probably turn around here. And I was like, this boat is not slowing down. So we're like charging into the, into the horseshoe of the falls. And it was just like, absolutely insane. We all got like soaking wet, but it was so freaking cool. Um, but then like Kevin and I were just like sitting in the car on the way back in our hotel. We just kind of looked at each other and we were like, do you want to leave today? Like, do you feel weird? Like, I the I don't know what it was, but the town of Niagara itself literally makes you feel like you're in like a foreign country. It was fucking weird. Like I felt like I was in some twilight shit. I'm not lying. And it was and because there weren't a lot of tourists either, um, because it was like fall and stuff. There were still like a lot of people there, but like not nearly. It wasn't nearly as popping as it was like during summer. So we left on Saturday and like hit up that that state park on the way home. So it was like a perfect little Perfect little quick trip getaway, and yeah, it was really it was really
1: fun. It was so funny to me because now I'm glad I have a backstory. Because I'm not gonna lie, I just had to laugh when I saw you guys went home early. I was like, "Kayla, Kara would go home early." <laughs> I just saw it. Yeah, I saw your story, and I was like, "This bitch!" <laughs> like,
0: we literally, well, like him and I both just like we love being in the car, like we love driving and like road tripping, and so like we really wanted to see like this state park either way. And so we were like, why don't we just like leave early? That way we can like hit it. Like we hit it at the perfect time. It was like the sun was setting, it was so beautiful. And then we had all day Sunday to just chill, so. Yeah, it was great. But leave it to me. Leave it to us, honestly. Yeah, We're just I'm such right. homebodies.
1: <laughs> I love that. It's so funny. I went to Niagara Falls once in like the fifth grade. Um, so it's been a really long time. So I don't know how it's set up now. But I know at the time you didn't need um, stuff because I definitely didn't have like a passport and shit. No, until, like, now
0: you need a passport but, to go into Canada yeah. side. But, but
1: Canada, it's funny because the way it was, like it's funny how the town of Niagara was, so I remember what you're talking about, like that area. And then if you go to the Canada side, it's like mini Vegas.
0: Mm-hmm. It was like crazy.
1: Yep. And I was like, I know it's so weird because yeah our side is like what
0: (laughs) yeah no and that's what everyone says like for tourism there everyone's like yeah the Canada side is so much better and just like the falls unless you go on made of the mist where you can see everything but like the Canada side is like so much better that you can see from like up at like the overlook and stuff the horseshoe and everything but yeah like we hit up the casino and stuff like that I lost money so yeah (laughs) it was great though but we have a very, very special guest with us today, little Miss Emily Shaw, our wonderful, wonderful friends who I've known for a really freaking long time, since like ninth grade, which is really funny. Um, but then we started becoming a lot closer, like um Kylie and myself, whenever we started, you know, lifting and becoming online coaches and like getting ingrained into the fitness industry. So hello, Emily. Thank you for being here. hi
2: ladies I'm so excited to be here me too we're just
0: saying how long it's been
1: since we've seen each other so wild uh, like so
0: so yeah a little bit of a background so I mean I knew Emily in only from like one of my best friends in high school she was really good friends with as well so I met Emily at like one of our like winter dances in like 2009 <laughs> I still remember the dress you wore the pink dress
2: <laughs> oh my gosh I think everyone
0: had that dress everybody at our dress. age
2: Easily. I think everyone did for sure
0: it was like the shiny pink yeah gotta love it um yeah. I met her and, through you yes yep. and then Kylie met her through me because Emily came to the Arnold with us which was which we all call not Arnold 2020 because everybody went down to the Arnold but it the actually got, the pandemic. Yeah, it was at the very, yeah, at the very start of the pandemic. So we all went down to the Arnold, but it got canceled. So we literally all just like kind of like parties, partied and like went and went and ate food. And it was literally like the funnest weekend ever with like all of our fitness friends.
1: Well, it's so Honestly. funny because that was like me meeting Emily and we were like, we shared a room. We were like bed buddies. <laughs> like, yeah,
2: we did. <laughs> you even had like the fan app on your phone. Still like, use that. Way.
0: Oh, she uses it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god that's so funny. so funny and we went to um Fox in the Snow Bakery oh my I oh. still think yeah. about that do y'all remember oh my god the pastries oh I just still bad. think about it
1: I love that we're gonna talk about some things regarding like relationship with food and stuff today because that's like such a good segue into that. Is like just we'll let Emily introduce herself more but I'm just thinking about how I'm like I was on that trip and like I did not get to do that with you guys and stuff and I was like okay. I was not in prep
0: what I remember that Kylie you oh, were just in like a serious cut. Like,
1: cut but like oh, I was like husband. I can't I can't do any of that
0: and yep. I was thinking,
1: wow, that's like so much we've spoken about on this podcast about just like our growth with that and just like living your life and I know that Emily is such a huge advocate for that and that's what you guys do with your clients so super excited to talk more about that but speaking of who, who is yeah. Emily besides our friend?
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so yeah. Hi, hey guys, I'm Emily again, and I am a Pennsylvania girl, but I currently live in Florida. So I've li- been a Floridian for over four years now, which is crazy. But in terms of kind of the health and fitness space, I'm the founder and CEO of a dairy girl fitness and dairy girl fitness started in 2018 simply as an Instagram page, but it has grown into an online health, fitness and nutrition business and community for women that truly just feel overwhelmed with their health. We really just want to make health seem more accessible, more realistic, more sustainable. And we tie in agriculture and telling the story of agriculture into that. And now we have grown into myself. We have three plus, not three plus, we have three coaches Mm
0: -hmm.
2: (laughs) and we've been able to coach uh, over 400 women through our one-on-one and our group coaching.
0: That's amazing. That is so incredible. And yeah, I just like, I love your backgrounds of kind of like how you got into this. And it's so, it's so seriously so funny because I literally remember like you were one of the first people who kind of like pushed me into starting to post about fitness more because I remember like we had followed each other since high school. And I remember seeing you like posting more and more about fitness and like growing your Instagram and stuff. And I'm like, okay, like I shouldn't be because I was like, it was in that time where like posting on Instagram and talking on your stories was still people were like, what's she doing like why is she talking on people her story feel like that, but well, it was yeah nice. of course but it was in that time where it was even worse and like mm-hmm. you know what I mean just like being out there on social media wasn't as huge as it is now mm-hmm. and I remember like seeing you just go about it so like you know you were just like so carefree and you were like I don't give a fuck what anybody else thinks of me like I'm gonna do this and I just love that and like you were honestly one of the people who pushed me into posting more and like growing my Instagram page as well um so yeah, it's just like so cool to see the evolution. Okay, I, know, I, love that. Guys,
1: I love hearing that because I didn't follow you obviously then I didn't know you then and I was like not surprised that you just came out the gate that way because guys Emily is such a fun online person. <laughs> like, hanging out with you in person like you're the same that's what's so cool about it like but yeah you're you kill it with like the Instagram uh, reels the TikTok like, <laughs> so funny and you have such so much energy like you're such a fun person to follow but like that's just your energy in real life so
2: yeah, yeah you guys should scroll back to my, well you shouldn't but Facebook <laughs> like back in high school before I should have been on youtube i should have been on vine's tiktok because i would I be famous at this point but we would post the weirdest things on facebook for everyone to see dude and i so- remember i remember Was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i've been it- doing this for a long time i love that <laughs> so
1: Funny. you're like i was a content creator before it was cool <laughs> yeah i
2: was a i was a weirdo before like we were made a part of our business
0: <laughs> before it was I-
1: monetary to be weird yes, <laughs> yes.
0: i freaking love, I love that, that dude i love that so much well Tell us a little bit about kind of like your background in agriculture and kind of like how that led you also into like starting this business. Like I literally remember us talking when you were like leaving your full-time job and everything like that. Like tell us a little bit more about kind of how you got here.
2: Yeah. So I think a lot of online coaches kind of have an untraditional route of getting here, but my Mm -hmm. goal is never to be in, even in the fitness space, really. I never thought of that growing up because I grew up in central PA and grew up within the dairy industry. A lot of my family members have dairy farms and it's just something I grew up in with 4-H, FFA, a lot of different youth organizations. And that was always the route I wanted to go. I went to Penn State for ag business, a dairy science specialization. And the dream for me was always get in dairy promotion or dairy marketing, which I still guess I'm kind of in that, but yeah, through, yeah, through doing agriculture growing up as well, that's where my siblings and I also just played sports year round, just baseball softball basketball volleyball dance powder puff football whatever we could do we were just very active in that kind of way and so that's where the two passions kind of blossomed and then I started weightlifting at Penn State because unfortunately I'm not good enough to play D1 sports at Penn State so I did some IM sports but that's really where I started weightlifting and I wouldn't say it was great weightlifting but that's where the passion for that really started to blossom and lead yep. into the idea for dairy girl
0: fitness I love that I love that so much I think it's so funny thinking back to like your college days and like what you were doing in the gym now then versus now it's like oh my I, gosh I specifically remember working out with do you remember you probably remember DJ wonder you remember him Oh, oh. Yes, yes yes we ha- we have actually had him on the podcast as well like I literally remember lifting with him in college like he taught me so much and it's just so funny to like think about like oh all the things that we did back then i think back even to
1: like 2018 when i was starting my business yeah i trained and the way i even coached people was so different it's Mm -hmm. just you like you it's the more you know the less you know it's like the more you get into this and learn more the more you feel like you're like don't know anything like it's like there's new levels and i always try to explain that with clients too and they're getting like frustrated about like an exercise that they keep getting critique on, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, the further you get, and the better you get at this, the more things I have to help you fix. Like, because in mm-hmm. the beginning, it's like just doing the movement, like the basics, that's going to be enough. But then once you get to a certain mm-hmm. point, it's like it gets more specific, right? So I right. think that this applies to everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: I felt like a pro in the gym in college, and looking back, I would be so embarrassed <laughs> to look back at what I was doing, like my Smith machine squats, where I felt I was just lifting so heavy. And I was probably doing like a fourth of a rep and it's just, (laughs) (laughs) it's bad. I,
1: I had a mortifying moment recently where somebody was telling me they were trying to find, um, it was before my new podcast launched. And so they were telling me that they um we're trying to find the YouTube for it and they were like oh I found a YouTube video of you but it's just like you talking about like training and stuff and I was like what like I forgot that I was like gonna try to do YouTube for a minute and I like have a video out there that's like when I first started (laughs) my business and I was like in my first prep and I was like watching it and just like the way I'm talking about things and like I'm doing I run people through a workout and I'm like this is so mortifying to watch (laughs) Kylie wait
0: why do I feel like I remember that video I feel this, really. this is like deep in the recesses of my mind. You know, when you get like a memory unlocked, that's what yeah. I'm feeling like right that's now. How I,
1: I did not know this person was like, wow, this is crazy watching your YouTube. And I was like, what YouTube? Cause I was like, it my what? podcast isn't out yet. Like I had it pre-scheduled. Like, I up- but then I panicked that I was like, oh, my video like uploaded in advance and it wasn't supposed to be out. So whatever. And I was like, oh God, that's not what you're talking about. <laughs> Dude. Somebody that is- like that.
0: <laughs> yes. Go hide it. Oh my God. That's so funny, man. I freaking love it. Well, I mean, yeah, Emily has just such an awesome background in, like, the health and fitness space, and she comes from a place of, you know, like, really preaching and practicing food freedom and really finding balance with your, you know, with yourself, your diet and everything, and that's kind of, you know, a great segue into what we want to talk about today is just, like, really discussing kind of, like, some of the food shaming in the industry, like finding food freedom. Like, what does that look like for you personally? Um, Because, you know, I think it's important to put out there up front that it's like, even myself as like a functional health dietitian, it's like, yes, there are definitely routes that I take with certain clients where maybe we are limiting certain foods or we are, you know, removing certain foods because of certain issues or whatever it may be. But I think that everybody knows, you know, all of us well enough to know that like, we do really like to take an approach of like all foods truly can fit. You know what I mean? And it really just depends on like what our overall diet looks like. And it's really more so about what we can add versus like take away. And so Emily, you get so much freaking hate on, <laughs> especially on like TikTok, mm-hmm. on Instagram, because you are obviously like a promoter of agriculture and you love dairy as do I, I'm a dairy eater. <laughs> I'm a meat eater. Like I love it. Right. And so I just kind of would love to know kind of like some of the common things that like you see in terms of like food shaming in the industry. And also like we'll get into kind of some of the ways that like you handle it as well, because I think you do a really good job at it. Like personally, I could not deal with the trolls. I don't know how you do it. Honestly, (laughs) I I love it. So much anxiety.
2: It brings you me joy.
1: Some, some like really funny clapback videos. Like you handle it really well. Like I and do. I think that's the only way you can. Like if you sit around and like internalize it, but also like you just are so passionate and believe in what you're saying. It's easier mm-hmm. for you to just like kind of blow it off. I feel like because you're like so secure in what you're speaking about.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I can only imagine the type of person it has to be to make comments like that on a stranger's post, or right. just what that person is dealing with, and. That's where I'm really just able to let it roll off my back. And honestly, I do enjoy because it's it's engagement, right? It gets the word out there. That's what like- I always say. <laughs> it yeah. can lead to some really funny clapback videos like you said
1: <laughs> with tiktok it's like the more the, I, I know there's always like the joke about like haters like fueling it or there's no bad pe- but people. but it does with tiktok it's like really like that because i'm like you're literally driving mm-hmm. views like we yeah always that as soon as you start getting a hate comment you're like oh this video is gonna blow up like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes i get yep.
2: excited like oh the activists didn't
0: come after me today <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's so funny yeah i i made like an Octa Opti- a video about octavia oh like oh three like three months ago I think it was my biggest one ever it had like five I think it has like 500,000 views now um but like the amount of hate in the comments it's just like everybody coming after me who's like who has loved Octavia and I'm just like you guys are literally pushing this out so much more so people people
1: on TikTok though will just like come for you for nothing like this video wasn't even viral and I remember I remember I just got on there and vented one time about when I was trying to get my car do you remember this and like the process yep, of being I self-employed and like I was just bitching about like how our system like doesn't allow, like how so many people are self-employed now and all of us can speak to this mm-hmm. and like just like getting apartments any of this stuff it's like so many hoops to jump through to like prove that you actually have money like mm-hmm. and I was just like I understand why but I'm like I also I'm like there has to be an easier way to do this now and I was just kind of like venting about that from my experience and I people were like coming for me about oh, it yeah I was just like calm down, down. Yeah, like, I'm just, why are you, yeah literally like I was like why are you so like why are you so pressed and I kind of I think that's such a good point too for anyone to take away about any subject when you're worried about posting or like being yourself it's just like the, you should not ever feel bad about yourself because think about the person that like that's what they have to do with their time and like that's what they're right that's they obviously are deeply like unwell with themselves if they want to go and just tear other people down in their free time so yeah
0: for sure for sure so I'm curious to know Emily like what are the common things that like you get as you know dairy girl fitness and as just somebody in the industry like what are some of the common things you see in terms of like food shaming and like how it's how it impacts other people too and like if it's impacted you as well
2: so for me I think I don't forget, but I sometimes don't realize that not everyone has had the opportunity to grow up seeing where their food comes from. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think how, not forget, but again, how lucky I am to really truly understand the food system, where that comes from, who's behind the farms, where products are coming from, how it gets from the field or the farm to the grocery store. And not everyone gets to see that. And so I do really need to remember that because there's Mm -hmm. less than 2% of the population in the U.S. is involved in agriculture. And so it's a... Yeah, it's a really small group of people that are producing food for the rest of the country and usually a lot of the world as well. And so I really do need to remember that when I see people spreading misconceptions or people being confused because a lot of people just truly don't know. But then there are some people who are just being assholes and there are just some people who are trying to get views on social media. And one of the most frustrating things now, and I really see it on TikTok, is people just using scare tactics and fear mongering around perfectly safe and healthy foods. And with being Mm -hmm. in agriculture, specifically animal agriculture, I of course see a lot of misinformation about dairy products, how they're bad for you, how meat products are not something that should be included. And there's a lot around, of course, organic versus conventionally produced Mm -hmm. or even GMO. So there's so many out there, but those are a lot that I see. And What I think makes it so, so frustrating is the fact that nutrition is already a very confusing subject for a lot of people. And it's not something we're, we're not taught about it at all. I mean, growing up, the only reason I knew anything about it is because I went to become certified in it, but I hate that there's so much scare tactics out there because it makes eating healthy, even that much more daunting, even that much more overwhelming. So if someone thinks, well, you know what, I'm going to go buy some frozen broccoli today because that's easier for me it's more affordable or maybe I'm going to go get some canned veggies or I'm just going to go buy this regular apple and then some crazy influencer on TikTok is going to say well you can only eat this this and this and if you're not you're literally destroying your body Mm -hmm. and that's where I think it's the most frustrating is just making health seem so inaccessible and making it in making it seem so privileged to be able to do these things or not do these things it comes down to privilege that so many people don't realize we have
0: it is so so true um I've seen a lot of videos like surfacing now talking about how like you know quote unquote like thin privilege and like Mm -hmm. just like overall like looking at the privilege of people who do have the accessibility to these kinds of foods to organic foods to non-gmo whatever it may be um to you know who have the time to cook with certain things or like not buy convenience foods, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely think that there is a, there's a balance, you know, between like what our diet is is going to look like for us. And yes, like there might be some processed packaged foods in there. There might be some more whole nutrient dense foods in there. And, you know, I know that we kind of focus on like an 80-20 role or a 90-10 rule or whatever it may be, like focusing on the majority of our diet coming from those whole nutrient dense foods, but also understanding that like, we can have more of those fun foods in there. But I completely agree with you on the fact that I think that there's just so much inf- misinformation and lack of education around specific types of foods that now people are starting to put like the cart before the horse. People are starting mm-hmm. to stress out about not, about like buying something that's like not organic versus just like. Eating enough vegetables, right? Like mm-hmm. so it's it's something that's getting in the way of so many people's goals and also just them being able to prioritize their health, right? Because like if you get on TikTok and you're like, somebody's like, don't buy frozen, don't buy this, whatever it may be. And that person's like, well, that's actually all I have access to right now, or that's kind of all I have time to make that makes it feel so freaking difficult for the person. going to get,
1: they like, more likely to just give up because they're like, I can't do this or I don't do this. Exactly. The, the, the conversation around like privilege and food, I think is really important. And I used to actually work in an environment kind of related to this, I believe. Yep, right? Same. And so, um, yeah, I was thinking that you did. And so Oh, I thought you said
0: you did. No, yes, I did. Yes.
1: I, I had a client before that like things we don't even think about, like different types of like, I don't even know if privilege is the right word, but just different scenarios. Like I I had a, um, a client that lived in New York city and she was talking about just like their access and pricing of like like first of all there's like very hard they don't have like easy access to just like normal grocery stores Like you mm. can't just like go to like a Kroger or a Publix or an HEB like unless you're like because mm. like in the city that's like not there and so yeah. if they, like anywhere to get especially it's like plus the subways like most of them don't have cars they can only carry a certain amount of groceries at a time like all this stuff and she only had access to like these local markets unless she would like catch a ride 40 minutes out of the city yeah. and those markets like she like was having trouble with protein intake because she was like in order for me to buy enough protein to hit like this goal she's like it's like impossible like she's like it's it's like for what she was making and what it was costing her there plus like to get things places like to buy fresh for her like she had that same like overwhelm when we started because of like stuff that she had been told before where she was like oh well if i buy all this fresh stuff like i can't i have to like go every couple days and like i have to bring all the stuff, because i can't like carry all that i was like you can get frozen you can do this Mm -hmm. um all those things it's just like stuff even like regionally that can cause a barrier that you just don't even think about and so i just think Mm -hmm. that's why there's always issues with making like blanket statements about health in in general and i think that's what all of us try really hard not to do and it's why i know someone left a comment on our q a the other day um, on our instagram and they were like um it was one of my clients and she was Mm -hmm. like ellie yes loyal listener but she had made that comment like not in a negative way at all but she was just like she's like yeah she's like this was super valuable she's like a lot of it depends answers but i understand like why and like that's why
2: it's
1: i think that's why so many of us that if you actually know what you're talking about people aren't going to have just a straight answer for you because it's so context dependent like so what true. i do what i do and what is best for that client in new york like that's not how i'm going to coach a different client because is what we can do for her like maybe the most optimal thing no but it's like the most optimal for her situation
0: mm-hmm. yeah so, so true yeah so and i true. just think too like like you said kylie i did work prior to being an online coach, I was working in low income populations and doing nutrition education. And I saw a lot of that, you know, kind of like people living in these areas where it really was like a food desert, right? Like they didn't have access to nutrient dense or fresh foods or whatever it may be. And it felt really, really difficult for them to get that access. And so again, just like Emily said, like people perpetuating the message of like, You can't eat gluten. You can't eat dairy. You can't eat meat. Like it's just, it makes it so scary for people, honestly, and just the fear mongering is terrible.
2: Yeah, and people do it for views.
0: Yes, they absolutely do. Because guess what gets clicked on? Guess what gets clicked on? Don't eat this, or this is killing you. This is making you fat. Yeah, And, and it's just, it's such a, it's such a misconception. So, I would personally like to even just hear from you too, like. Some of the benefits of, cause this isn't really something that we've gotten into on the podcast before. And like, I am a really big, um, firm believer in eating all foods. Like mm-hmm. I, I, again, like if somebody is plant-based, vegan, vegetarian, whatever it may be, if that's their preference, that is totally fine. I absolutely believe you can get in what you need. Um, and, you know, maybe you have to supplement with some things here and there. But I am a really firm believer in eating meat and dairy. And I think that they're absolutely nutritious foods. I think that they provide our body with tons of nutrients that we need. So I would just love to hear from you, like some of the benefits that you talk with people about, you know, eating meat and dairy and like why it's important to have in the diet.
2: This is my jam. No, but seriously, I agree <laughs> with you
0: as well. Of I think it's so important to
2: recognize that one of the beautiful things is that we have so many choices and that's what it should come down to is people making a choice because they want to versus feeling like they have to, or they're scared into making that choice. And something that I see so often on my page is when I post about meat and dairy or just how nutritious it is, or just sharing facts about it, people get angry. Like, well, you need to eat plants and things like that. And I do. We never said you couldn't eat plants if you were
0: eating meat and dairy. Like people people reach- so
2: hard. <laughs> yeah. It's like people really sometimes want it to be either or, or mm-hmm. think that it has to be fit, fit into this box. When in reality, like you just said, I really think all foods can fit. And while I prioritize a ton of animal-based products because they're extremely nutrient dense, I still eat a ton of fruits, vegetables, grains, different things like that. And where I love dairy so much and just meat, eggs, things like that is because I have seen the work that goes into it day in and day out from the farmers, and so I know the practices, the technology, and the care that goes into it. Mm-hmm. But then, with dairy specifically, it's going to be—I personally think everything is delicious. So if you just don't like it, that's okay. I think it all tastes <laughs> really, really. I mean, if you don't like ice cream, I don't know. I don't know Sorry. if you've listened to this
0: podcast anymore.
2: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So that is number one that I do love these products and how they taste, but. Dairy is really accessible, it's very affordable, and it's gonna be a great protein source. So Mm -hmm. milk in itself, which is what all dairy products are based from, is naturally high in protein, has 13 essential nutrients, and Mm -hmm. it's just something that can then be turned into a lot of really awesome products like Greek yogurt, cottage cheese, that are again, really high in protein. So that's where I love dairy for that reason, is that it can really elevate a lot of dishes, whether you're consuming it like a glass of milk, or adding Greek yogurt to something, adding in protein. And again, it's just very accessible and it's very affordable. I mean, Greek yogurt is 20 plus grams of protein per cup, Mm -hmm. and it's going to be more affordable than potentially like another alternative. Mm -hmm. And with meat and eggs as well, again, just extremely nutrient dense. It's not just protein, but ton of vitamins, minerals. And again, all these things are going to be more easily digested by your body. And so they don't Mm -hmm have to be the only thing that you're eating, but you're going to get a lot more bang for your buck for these products.
0: Yeah, I love that so much. And I mean, I talk about the importance of like eating things like, you know, meats and full fat dairy and everything for hormone health, right? Like, yes. we know how important fats are for hormone health. And I think that that's another big misconception is when people think dairy products, they think mm-hmm. oh, saturated fat. But here's the thing is that like, Yes, the quality of the products that you are consuming matters, right? Like we're not saying eat a bunch of ice cream every single day, right? Like and darn. we, we have, darn it, right? But we, ha- we also have to remember that our body does thrive off of a mixture of both saturated and unsaturated fats. And there are wonderful full fat dairy products out there, you know, meat products, everything like that that can be really, really beneficial for our overall Mm -hmm. health and hormones as well, has so many nutrients and minerals, vitamins. And so I think it's just really important to kind of go back to what you said about like, it's a choice, right? And I love Mm -hmm. that you, I love that you take that stance because you are somebody who loves agriculture so much, but you're never someone who's going to push it on people. Mm -hmm. You love it and you educate on it. And like, Again, that's what we need to be doing. We need to be educating and not pushing our own beliefs on every single person and just allowing other people to make educated choices, you know?
2: Exactly. I'm not getting in, in an argument with someone who obviously is very firm in their beliefs. Like I'll have a conversation, but mm-hmm. it's very obvious who wants to have a conversation versus who just wants to argue and be validated. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's
1: different when people have like genuine questions and want to start yeah. like a dialogue about it or like in you know they have their reasonings that they may not consume these products that are their own mm-hmm. and things like that and that's totally like that's never you saying like there's anything wrong with that like yeah yeah I-, I work with clients who are vegan or vegetarian and, like, mm-hmm. totally same. Fine. like and you yeah. know like that's but you know it's it's that same mutual understanding that like hey what works best for you is great but that might not work best for somebody else or for Definitely. everyone you don't, you don't have to come at someone because they're doing it differently yeah,
2: yeah. Um, there's a lot of emotion tied to animal products as well, Mm -hmm. which again, if that's why you choose not to consume animal-based products, because you don't want animals used for that purpose, that's okay, but for people that are okay with that, or for me even, I view it as the circle of Mm life. that's like a really hard thing to change in someone's viewpoint. Mm
0: -hmm. Definitely, yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think, again, it just ties back into like being educated on it, you know, and just letting Mm -hmm. people make their own decisions I think it would be really interesting to talk kind of about, because we're obviously talking about like the food shaming and everything. Mm -hmm. I'm interested to know, like, how do you handle that? Even from like other people, have Mm -hmm. you gotten a lot of that in your own life? Even not even from like a meat and dairy perspective, but just like an overall Oh, I live a healthier lifestyle. I think that this is, that this is something that's really important to talk about, especially with the holidays coming up mm-hmm. because people are around family more people are around friends more. And I think that people get a lot of shame and comments on what they're eating, what they're doing with their body. And I think it would be really helpful to like talk through some tips of like how to handle those things and like how to handle food shame overall.
2: Yeah, that is something that unfortunately does really come up around the holidays, because there's lots of food, lots of fun, lots yeah. of family. Sure. And I will say, I think fortunately, I have grew up very well in terms of I played sports, and I ate food, and that's all it was, right? So I felt very fortunate that it was never made to be a big deal. But I even still now that I recognize more of this, I will hear these comments and see how they can be directed in a more negative way. And so For people that are dealing with, I think it's so important to first surround yourself with good people. And I know you can't always choose your family, right? But majority of the time when you are away from these situations, I think it's really important to find a community that understands you and can help provide that support and provide some guidance on really how to handle these situations or really just validating how you're feeling and helping you prepare for these situations. So whether it be working with a coach like what we do, or whether it's joining a Facebook group or Just finding friends that don't demean you or make you feel bad or awkward about your choices, I think is going to be something that is really so important and something that I like to remember, and this can be in terms of anything, but especially what we like to tell clients. If someone is trying to make you feel less than, they're trying to make you feel bad about a choice, they're trying to make you feel uncomfortable or just straight up being an asshole or they're being mean, it's so important to recognize that really is a projection of them. Yeah, and yeah. their insecurities or their beliefs. So even when I worked full time at Swanee Valley Feeds, which was a feed mill, that's mm-hmm. when I was in my first cut and I was tracking macros and I would bring my food scale with me. And it wasn't anything like obsessive or crazy. It was just, I was just tracking in yeah. my food. And even at that point, I was still eating a lot more food than what people are used to. And mm-hmm. some of the guys would make comments like, oh, you're eating again. I was like, of yeah, course. I am. So yeah.
0: Like, <laughs> bitch, I
2: can eat. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm hungry. Yes, I'm eating. So I think it's just recognizing that when people say things like that, it's coming from what they're used to or potentially, you know, what they're dealing with in insecurities. Yeah. yeah,
1: I think that's so important. Actually, um, it's funny that we decided to talk about this because the same thing when I was talking about somebody searching for me on YouTube that came up. The other thing on YouTube is that uh, I forgot our pals over at Struggle to Strength podcast. Uh, they do, they put their stuff on YouTube and I was yeah. a guest on there. This is what our topic was. We talked all about food shaming. It was, I think the episode's called like Fit Shaming. Um, mm-hmm. with- um, but it is, um, some, we brought up that that point so much that it's, it's always a projection. And food shaming is like one of those things that, I think people do it on all realms. And so I think sometimes Mm. people forget that it happens if you're making like the healthier choices too, because neither of it's okay. Like you shouldn't be Mm -hmm. shaming someone if they're choosing to like have the burger and fries and you shouldn't be shaming them if they're choosing to have the grilled chicken and broccoli. Like it's like whatever you want. It's not really anybody else's fucking business what's on your plate. Mm -hmm. um, Unless like you're concerned someone is like having a disorder. Like I understand, like, you know what I mean? That's like always the caveat here, right? But like the, the thing is, it always is coming from this place. I think when people are doing it to like a fitness or healthy lifestyle where it's, it's really hard, especially I think around the holidays where like, again, we preach for people to have balance and to like take those meals and all those things. But if you are like not getting the extras or like you want to control your portion a little bit better, just cause that makes you feel better. Like that, which I know most of us preach to our clients is like, Hey, eat, eat your fucking grandma's pie, like do all the things, but like know that like you now are aware of like what can make you feel your best. And like, it's, you can enjoy all the meals without feeling like you have to like take your pants off. Right. Like yeah. that's, that's used to be me every holiday. I was like, unbutton in the pants. Right. And yeah. so I like, I think that when people like at the holidays or something are you know, making comments about what you're not eating instead, or like how much you're not eating or things like that, like you are in an environment where you're usually with people who are close to you or have Mm -hmm. like grown up in the same setting as you or have maybe similar lifestyles if it's like friends or family right Mm -hmm. and so if they are someone who is insecure maybe about like their own body image or their own unhealthy habits that they are seeing you do it and it kind of ruins any excuse they
0: have
2: for themselves
0: yeah Mm -hmm. they want you to be uncomfortable with them they want you to indulge with them That's misery loves company
2: yeah, mm-hmm. because
1: if you're in this environment where it's very easy for them to be like, oh, well, it's like, you know, it's Thanksgiving, so I can have all the things if you mm-hmm. like, you know, if they're telling themselves that and then they're seeing someone that's, you know, in that same environment, able to control themselves, that's triggering for them. And they may be projecting that onto you. Like, I feel yeah. like that is what often is happening. Um, because I do find that, like, that's what's hardest for a lot of clients. And it used to be hard for me, like, when I was prepping or things like that, is usually the people that are, like, saying stuff to you are one, not even realize that they're being, not even realizing they're being prepping. yeah. And two, Mm -hmm. it's usually people that are closest to you. And that's what sucks a lot is because that's what makes it harder for you to have that conversation and to do that. Um, But it like, for some reason, like your choice is making them insecure. It's the same thing with like, I remember telling this story on their podcast that I went to my mom's house for Christmas and she was like really trying, like she called in advance and was like, what groceries do you need? Like, I know you eat a certain way. And like, I really appreciated that. But then like on the flip, I could just tell like how it was making her feel like as we were like because I told her, I was like, I track macros. Most of what you have in the house is probably fine. I'll probably pick up a couple staples. And she was like, oh no, we don't eat the way you eat. And I was like, I don't think you understand like the way I eat because like, right. she's, and it was just really funny because she was like giving me a tour. And I always ask like my other like fitnessy friends, I'm like, do your family members feel like they have to do this? Like everything she opened, like the fridge or the closet or something, she would be like, she'd be like, oh, we don't normally have that. That's or that's my husband's. I don't always mm. eat this, but- like mm-hmm. all the stuff like, they feel like, if you're that person doing the healthy thing, then they are like embarrassed by their own choice, and like mm-hmm. they keep, like rationalize like shoot open. Yeah. It, like, I don't know why we have all this cereal. No one eats it. And I'm like, I eat cereal every day. Like- right? <laughs> like
0: we love cereal. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. It's
1: like that 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 experience just like really drove home to me how like those comments usually probably come from that place of like they, they are like, they're afraid you're you're mentally shaming them, and really we're mm-hmm. not. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I think that's just everyone is always so like concerned about themselves like it's honestly most people are egocentric it's true like all of us yes that's that's why when we're at the gym and we have shame this is like a whole spiral tangent but it's like it's like why when you feel those things we assume everyone is watching us and we assume we're the center of the world like you do it's just natural it's like when you're driving have you ever been like driving and you're like afraid if you're like crying you're like everyone's like in to be crying. <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah. god, one hundred percent about that where he's like you think your car is the center of their universe and everyone's like ah ha ha like, yeah. like, like
2: <laughs> no, one, no one's paying
1: attention because no one gives a, on a shit. shit like and so when people are coming at you it's still a product of their own shit. So yeah. yeah.
0: That's yeah. so true. That's so true. And it's so funny about like the like the misery loves company kind of statement because that is something that I have a lot of experience with, like, especially whenever I was going through like my binge eating phase. And my sister is somebody who also went through that with me as well. Um, But we were kind of, we kind of went through it at different times. But like, I, I specifically remember and like very vividly remember us texting before any kind of like holiday event or family event. And she would ask me or I would ask her like, will you eat with me? And when we asked each other that, that meant, will you fucking like go ham with me and like eat whatever? Like if you're indulging, I'm indulging type of thing. Like we literally fed off of each other. And if the other didn't like, we're like, okay, we got to hold ourselves accountable. You know what I mean? So like, it really was this type of thing where it's like, if like, if my sister wasn't like eating something specifically, I was like, well, like I don't want to eat if she's not eating it, you know what I mean? And so Again, like that could be a whole other episode of like overcoming that binge eating and and kind of just like that, that thought process of like, okay, like I have to follow whatever anyone else is doing, but just remembering like your choices are your own. Um, And I think Emily, you made a really good point about like surrounding yourself with people who you know, who really care for you and who care about like your health and your progress and everything like that. Because I think one of the, also the biggest things that you can do is like, listen, if you have people who you trust, who you love, who their family, friends, whatever, maybe sit them down and be like, listen, before this event, before we go into this, this is what I need from you. I need you to not make comments to me about my food. I need you to not ask me, like, I really, I truly don't want to talk to you about my food. I really don't like. Sometimes I, I feel that. like, yeah, like it's, sometimes I feel like people think that like when we're tracking food and tracking macros, like we're doing it for some sort of attention, or they want yeah. like, we want them to ask us about it. I don't want to talk about it. I just want to eat my track food and be done with it. Like, yeah, and enjoy it. And it's like, I
1: understand the curiosity there and especially people want to learn, but it is, I think it's like this, they feel like it's like should be brought up or something, especially maybe this is, maybe this is more specific too to like all those professions. So like, I kind of understand. Um, But I've had that too, where like you're at a thing or like with my family or something. And then it's like, they want to ask like all these questions about Mm. how it works and like all this stuff. But then it's like, they're not actually like, planning to do anything with it so you're like spending all this time like just making things food-centric when it doesn't really need to be yeah Um, like obviously if all of us are like if someone's asking questions Mm -hmm. because they're like really interested in like being client or learning about macros like I'm more than happy to have that conversation but it's like when it's in that setting and stuff I'm like that's not really like I know that's not your objective and so like then it's again they're just like bringing all their guilt then about what they're eating and you're feeling like I don't know it, it like secondhand makes you feel like you should, you're doing something wrong. And I think that we have a lot of clients that run into this situation, like in their, their relationships or things like that too. And I think that is a good topic as well about just like, not, like you said, not su- making sure you're surrounding yourself with people who are like supportive and like, they don't have to live the same life as you. We talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. I know Kevin does it. I don't know how your fiance mm-hmm. is, but like, you know, not macros. <laughs> yeah. So it's, like, it's different. Yeah. And even, even just that is like a difference, right. But it's yeah. like, you have people that support you and don't care. And I know that it's like, you know, I, you know, I had relationships where people would be supportive, but then it was still like, there was always these little comments about like, oh, well, you mm-hmm. can't ever do this or you can't do that. So like, even though they were like, oh no, you're fine. It's like, that is in the back of their head then. And I think a lot of our clients don't, they're so new to it. They don't have that, yeah. like that resistance yet or that ability to be like, I'm making this choice anyways. So at that first sense of guilt or like someone making them feel like they're missing out on it or like mm-hmm. blaming their experience of what they're doing on you, like then that's really hard for them to stay strong. So I would love to know if like you give any types of advice or things to clients when it comes to that, like when they have to handle food shaming or when maybe really important people in their lives, like a roommate or a significant other is like not on the same track, how they kind of stay focused.
2: Yeah, completely. And again, I think having the community in itself can be something to where you can just feel validated to where, oh, hey, my my mom said this about my body. It made me feel really shitty. If you don't have anyone to share that with, you're just going to kind of spiral into that. And so I think it's so important to have a safe space to be able to vent that to, So people could be like, hey, I get it. And that sucks. Like you were allowed to feel this way. And so again, I think that's going to be really important in whatever way that looks like for you, whether it's a friend, whether it's a community, whether it's a, a significant other, mm-hmm. but then- in terms of dealing with that directly, maybe in the moment, that's where, as y'all said, it's having the conversation and either way, you're going to feel uncomfortable. So you get to decide, Hey, do I want to feel uncomfortable in terms of people just always making these comments because they don't think it matters? Or do I want to get uncomfortable in having the actual conversation first so that these people understand what they're saying and how that impacts me? Because again, as we said earlier, not everyone says these things in a rude way. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just uh-huh, Joe! like you're eating so much food fatty whatever and they they truly think it's funny but if they don't understand how that's impacting someone they're going to keep doing that and so i think it can be brought up in a conversation and again it may be uncomfortable but you're going to have to deal with some being uncomfortable either way and so potentially having that conversation or having someone at the event that maybe you talk to like let's say you're going to a thanksgiving and i talk to my sister that hey this is what i'm doing and this is why I'm doing it. If someone makes a comment, like, could you help me redirect the conversation? Yeah. yeah. And so having someone as a co-pilot or, you know, the sidekick to help you through that. And even when you are in a conversation, if your sidekick isn't there, you try to redirect the conversation. If someone yes. asks you about food, be like, oh, yep, sure. Well, how's your weather? Or how's this going? Or if you mm-hmm. want to feel really sassy, you can be, hey, I don't want to talk about it. And some people aren't comfortable with saying that. So if you don't want to get yeah. sassy, just... Try to redirect the conversation as fast as you can. I
0: love that. Yeah. Just like, again, and I think it just all comes back to, you know, being confident enough to like have those conversations, you know, and being confident enough in what you're doing, because I think it can be really, really easy for people to, for people's comments to get to people, you know, and actually make them feel a lot of shame. And I always tell clients who are like, newer or starting out and who are having these issues listen like the more and more that you get into this kind of lifestyle and you make this a lifestyle and you make this work for you and the more that the people around you see how much it matters to you the easier it will get like I remember getting so many comments from my family whenever I first started out with my coach but now it's like Mm -hmm. nobody even thinks twice about it it's like oh this is Kara this is who she is this is her life like And it's so easy that way, you know, but yeah, I think that that's, that's so important.
1: That's something we talked about too. I think that is helpful as a reminder. um, I remember talking about this on Josh's podcast that after time, like people will get used to it and something Mm -hmm. I think, and this isn't to put any blame on anyone, but I had to think about this for myself is if these are people who are close to you too, and a lot of people that come to us have been through a lot of like toxic diet cycles or bad diets before, or like done these things. So close people to you are also drawing only on the experiences they've had in one Mm -hmm. dieting themselves or seeing you diet. So you have, this is where sometimes like we always have to talk about like significant others, right. And like the husbands and all that stuff. And sometimes I'm like, you have to like, understand that they're validated and they're like hesitancy with you. Yeah. Maybe before they've seen one, you're on this diet that makes you a cranky bitch because you're you know, <laughs> calories and like you don't want to, you know, it's so strict you guys can't do anything. So like that's their experience and that's why they have resistance to you or like are upset when you're doing these things because they're afraid it's gonna be like that. So one, it's having to prove to them that this is different and but and again, you can only do that by continuing to do it and show up. And two, like they also like have to build that trust too. Like, I hate to say that like, oh, people should just blindly trust you, but like, it's that same thing. We make them have to build trust for themselves, right? Like if you may be somebody who like your family sees you doing this and they might be like, you're ruining a whole Thanksgiving for something you're gonna be quit next week. And like, that's Mm -hmm. discouraging, but if all they've seen is you quit something after like a week or two, like think about that same difficulty you have believing in yourself because of this pattern, right? We always talk about people like remove this sense that you're a failure just because these things haven't worked out in the past because this is different. But, like, if you have to understand, like, if you're thinking that about yourselves, other people may see that, too. And then to them, it is understandable. Like, hey, if you're watching someone do Octavia and Beachbody every every other fucking month and then (laughs) they're at Thanksgiving and they're, like, refusing their time, to me, you might be, like, you're ruining a holiday for something that, like, is not even going to work out. You're not going to stick to it. Like, you know, that kind of thing. And so I think that the only way to kind of, like, sometimes other than setting that boundary to get them to just stop and you no longer have to do that is to just keep showing them that this is something you're serious about. And that also is simultaneously showing that to yourself too. Yeah.
0: That's
2: spot on. Yeah. Lead by example.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. I totally agree with that. 100%. Well, I think, you know, kind of like one of the last topics we wanted to talk on is just kind of like how you, like how you see, even like the food shaming show up as like food fear in some of your clients? Mm. Like, have you seen that impacting their relationship with food? And then how do you go about kind of like turning that around and helping them to understand that like Mm -hmm. all foods do fit and kind of like, how do you practice that in your own clients, you know?
2: For sure. And I will say a lot of our clients do come from an ag background, which is fun in terms of they understand more about, I would say the animal ag side of things, but even still, they're so... There's so much information out there that's bombarding women that there are plenty of women within our coaching that still deal with fear of sweets or going out for a drink or carbs or things like that. And the conversations I have with women, they'll talk about, "Oh, but I I'm a, I have a really big sweet tooth," and they'll treat that as a bad thing. And in reality, oh my god, they, yeah, they probably like had a cupcake, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I have a huge sweet tooth. It's like, yeah. I have a sweet every single day, Uh so (laughs) it's not, it's not this uncontrollable sweet tooth. It's you just existing and wanting to give yourself some flexibility. And so I think that's a lot. What I hear in conversations Mm -hmm. is women viewing them eating normal food and they'll turn it into something like, Oh, I have this really bad habit or I have this crazy uncontrollable sweet tooth. And in reality, again, it's just them having a normal eating habit or them just enjoying something that they like. And so one of the biggest things that we really do is a lot of women go through reverse diets with us. And I think that really allows them to first recognize that you are allowed to eat. And we need to take away the stigma that the only way you take care of your health is by losing weight. And so I think that is one of the bigger things that we do with a lot of women, especially if they need to heal their relationship with food is that first, we just want to get consistent, we're going to meet you where you're at. And then slowly, let's start to eat more food. And we can go as slow as you need. But we have to get okay with getting uncomfortable with eating more food with building back that appetite and really encouraging them as well to incorporate the foods that they love because the more that we put things off limits the more temptation there is the more that when we finally give ourselves the opportunity to have something you know we may go ham we may go balls to the walls yeah eating those foods so really just trying to get women into reverse diet eating more food encouraging them to have more flexibility and if a woman feels up to it we will look at tracking macros and really again encouraging women to understand more about their food choices because we've noticed that when women feel more confident about their food and what they're consuming they then feel more comfortable with incorporating things and just have a better understanding to feel empowered with their choices
0: that's such a huge point you made two really good points there like (laughs) the first one was the fact that like people literally do like take this one thing about them and make it their whole personality like oh i just really love sweet <laughs> would you say guy
1: like that tiktok
2: audio this is the personality for the rest of my life yes. Yes. Well, yes this is
0: gonna be my personality for the rest of my life i love candy corn that's my fucking personality you know what i mean? i, I yeah. sweets, right and okay yes like there is a difference between like seriously constantly craving like sweets yes. and all that kind of stuff but, like you're human you are allowed to have something sweet Mm-hmm. after after dinner each day if you want that you know what i mean and so kind of spinning that into something negative is something that's so common and then secondly is like again you're so right like having that education does allow people to feel more confident in then adding in like a cookie or a donut mm-hmm. or whatever it may be because before all they knew was carbs are bad fats are bad donuts chips cookies are bad But now they understand that, okay, the majority of my day can look really, really nutrient dense. The majority of my day can have a lot of whole, you know, unprocessed foods that are high in vitamins and minerals, but I can also have a donut and be completely fine. Right. And stressing about having that donut is so much worse for you than just actually having the freaking donut. Right. Like that's so huge. So I think that that's just a really, really, really important point that you made there in terms of the education and that's why we do have our clients track macros you know what I mean Mm -hmm. it's not Mm -hmm. always just simply about the way that your body looks and losing weight and everything like that it's about gaining knowledge and education so that you have the confidence to do this on your own eventually yes the confidence to like fit the foods in that you love for sure yeah so I freaking love that so much (laughs) so Kylie was there anything else on our list of topics I think that we I think that this was honestly a great yeah. conversation yeah. honestly this I had fun
1: the most we've like ever stayed on a topic for a whole episode <laughs> like, honestly, like, I feel like really proud that we just like got really deep on where we did and I yes. really I like it so um okay. I, was, I had fun I, I think it's great too to have like brought in just that different perspective too of just talking about like to this angle of like the food shaming going beyond just even like oh for dieting purposes like you're talking about even just like food choices regarding like ag or anything like that mm-hmm. because again it speaks to a wide bo- like volume of people and that being both ways like i mean there's people that i'm sure are like vegetarian clients and there's all kinds of like memes and stuff that like shit on them too so like yeah. it's, you know there's there's it's that that shaming either way just like i said with food shaming whether it's the burger or the the broccoli like either way like none of it's okay like what people are eating is their own fucking business and that's mm-hmm. kind of the takeaway
0: yeah exactly so mind your business so <laughs> freaking true my myob as joey Sewell says <laughs> i think that, yes. should, that should just be our episode title
1: like mind your business with emily shaw <laughs>
0: Yeah, literally. Sure. That that will get a lot of clicks. Speaking of regards, okay. clicks that will. Right. Uh, I freaking love it. Well, Emily. Okay, so we have two important questions for you. Oh before boy. We hop off. Okay. First question is, what's your favorite carb source? Oh.
2: We should man. ask you. What, okay,
0: let's ask you. What's your favorite? Let's ask Emily. What's her favorite dairy source? I think that's. Oh my god
2: oh, this is so hard. I hate this question. So I feel like (laughs) I am going against like some other products. So I would say, (laughs) say exactly. My most utilized, I would say would probably be Greek yogurt or milk. But in terms of, you know, just deliciousness, of course, ice cream or cheese. Of
0: course, (laughs) ice cream or cheese. Of course. Wait, okay. What's, Mm -hmm. what's your favorite kind of cheese? Are you a fancy cheese girl? Or are you like, give me a white American slice?
2: Crack. So in a grilled cheese, of course, you know, just put whatever cheese in a grilled cheese. I love it. But Easily. there's oh, uh, my grilled cheese so bad now. Yes, so. I had a lot last week at World Dairy Expo. World <laughs> <laughs> so Dairy Expo, Yeah, I saw. <laughs> I got my fill. But Sartori cheese is really good. It's I don't even know where they're based out of, but they are so yummy. They have an espresso cheese. It's a drier kind of sharp cheese, but then it has an espresso coffee type of
0: oh my god that sounds uh, so good okay, my
1: personality just now
0: just yeah now. yeah <laughs> that it's, sounds so oh. kylie's like cheese with coffee in it okay yeah <laughs> sign oh me the fuck I up <laughs> oh, um i'm a gouda girly myself i love Ooh. me a gouda or like a blueberry goat cheese mm, oh, yeah, trader joe's you. blueberry goat cheese Also, sure. oh, okay. manchango
2: cheese is fantastic but it's technically a sheep cheese so i was like mm. <laughs> gotta stick to you know the cattle, but it's still dairy have yeah. you ever
1: had um halloumi cheese no i'm up the name i had never heard of it either. it's already so no it's something <laughs> it's something loomy i have to look it up and i'll send it to you i had yeah, it
2: it's, i need to know
1: i had friends the nashville was like having cookouts and stuff and he was telling me about this cheese and you get it and like he just like grilled it like as the cheese, like it's like the little box. Yes, I've seen it. It's like having a Wisconsin like cheese curd, but without all the fried breading on it. So it's actually like, I mean, it's still fried cheese. It's still like grilled cheese, (laughs) literally, but it's like, you're only having the cheese. Like it's not all the the breading and it still, it tastes like eating one of those cheese curds. So it is a healthier alternative to that really like healthier. It's a lower calorie. I've seen the
2: videos I never oh knew what it was God. called I it's so good I ate like mm.
1: it's a healthier alternative if you are not uh, <laughs> eating a part of it. it like I did like <laughs> literally I was just like the whole party like this is where I stand now I'm not leaving. <laughs>
0: i love that's that. that's
2: amazing uh, I
0: don't
1: the name of it so i'm probably fucking it up but anyways
2: we'll,
0: we'll find the name of it and post it on the podcast story yeah. but our second question is just where can our audience find you so shameless plug time what do you have going on tiktok instagram all the good stuff
2: uh all of it but okay mostly instagram tiktok i do have like kylie said some old youtube videos you can go back i haven't posted it quite a while but those are the spots you can really find me also i am on facebook we have a group if you'd like to be in it but dairy girl fitness you can literally find me anywhere by dairy girl fitness i have a website as well and if you go on youtube as well you'll find a random hate video about dairy girl fitness from a random I, I, like no. about
1: this yes. I, remember, you remember, I remember this from our group chat like when we had our yes.
2: group chat. yo was like this debunking. was like dairy girl fitness i was like what are you debunking i'm a That's, person yeah like what? You, am i a myth am yes. i what I, I never watched it i didn't want to give a review so that
1: would see
0: you are so fucking smart this is why we love emily yeah,
1: that's like such a flex too like because i such a flex it's so easy to want to like spiral and pay because like, you've helped so many women and you have given mm-hmm. so much good information and you know of course i'm gonna i have to make a taylor swift reference on the podcast but like, <laughs> but she like talks about that concept of like it's so easy to like you can have i mean she's clearly massively successful so she's talking about she's mm-hmm. like I can get hundreds and hundreds of thousands of comments of people like you changed my life and like all this stuff and she's like that like one person that says the mean thing she's like you'll just fixate on it if you let yourself yeah I yes. she, for a long time she stopped reading any like tabloids or articles about herself just to like yeah. keep herself feeling better and like I was just like the self-control that takes because it is so natural to like want to like see what people are saying and like care about it and internalize it so I just I think that's such a great example, even for everything we were just talking about. <laughs> nah, I just didn't even watch it. Like what a flex. Cause I would be like, I have to know what this bitch said. Like-
0: <laughs> uh, I was like, fuck this bitch. Yeah. I'm not, I don't think I ever know. Cause I remember you telling us about it and I don't think I ever watched it at the time either. And we're I'm still not going to because no views. views. No Thanks oh, guys. Oh yeah. No I one else. Go,
2: you guys can all look at the YouTube video, but don't get, don't kind of click views. it. <laughs> it was a couple years ago but still i don't know who this lady was i don't know if she's so youtubes but
1: oh man it's projection of course you have to kind of come for sure so, yeah, like, thank you yeah. for
2: putting your effort into hating me. I love that so much. Right?
1: right. It's one thing, again, like we were just talking about, not to go back down a tangent as we're signing off, but like the like fact that if it was just conceptually an issue, she could easily have made a video like, hey, here's why my stance on this is different. Dah, 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 dah. But like to make the video like about debunking.
0: About you. Yeah. That's, yeah.
1: That's totally someone's own personal issue.
0: Very so, impressive. Oh, so. uh, <laughs> uh, man. Oh, my God. That well, you know. Yes, swear. Emily, thank you so, so much for joining us. We will link all of her socials in the show notes for y'all. Make sure that you guys go and follow her. She puts out awesome content. And if you guys love this episode, if it resonated with you, please go ahead and leave us a five star rating and review. We got to pick two names. What are to say
1: If your name is Sarah. Carly.
0: Sarah and Carly Carly. go. Go leave us a review. Go leave us a rating, all right? <laughs> Emily, we're calling out random people. <laughs> I love yeah, this so much. Like pick
1: generic, name, not generic, sorry for her name was that, but, like, names that we think people will <laughs>
0: have. Ah,
2: and- uh, <laughs> you should use an Emily. There's we definitely did, probably an Emily out there.
0: We love did. It. Michaela, I think, last time. Yep, yep. So, Sarah and Carly, go leave us a review. Everyone else, <laughs> go leave us a rating and review. Tag myself, Kylie, Emily, and uh, the Not Your Quick Fix podcast. Share this on your stories, and... Hope you have a great rest of your week. We'll chat with y'all next time. Bye, you guys.